Good morning. Welcome to Devotions for Worship. I'm Pastor Eric Tritton. Today is Thursday, May 14th. We begin by remembering our baptism. In Colossians 1, it says that God has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And so we remember that redemption and forgiveness of sins by making the sign of the cross and saying, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We pray. Lord Jesus, you would often rise early and go off by yourself to pray. As I arise today, I would take this time to pray and hear your word. Fill me with your Holy Spirit that I might hear and believe what you say in the scriptures. But do not let me merely be a hearer of your word, but also a doer of your word. When I believe in your forgiveness of sins, let me extend that forgiveness to others. When I trust there is reason to hope because of your resurrection, let me not be driven by fear, but instead be led by love. When I learn that you love justice and mercy, let me be just and merciful as I deal with others. When I experience that you are pure and holy, let my life reflect your purity and holiness. Confident of your blessings and your constant presence, I go into this day in your name. Amen. We confess our Christian faith today using uh, Luther's explanation to the third article of the Apostles' Creed. I believe that I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him. But the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in the true church. In the same way he calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth and keeps it with Jesus Christ in the one true faith. In this Christian church, he daily and richly forgives all my sins and the sins of all believers. On the last day, he will raise me and all the dead and give eternal life to me and all believers in Christ. This is most certainly true. We are meditating on Psalm 3. Psalm 3 is a psalm of David written when he fled from Absalom, his son. Psalm 3. O Lord, how many are my foes! Many are rising against me. Many are saying of my soul, There is no salvation for him in God. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. I cried aloud to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy hill. I lay down and slept. I woke again, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of many thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you strike all my enemies on the cheek. You break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing be upon your people. Do you ever wonder why God allows people to experience such suffering as is described in this psalm? Why are there enemies? and conflict, and those who cast doubt on our faith. These are versions of that classic question, why do good things happen to bad people? And trust me, that is a line of questioning that gets really murky in a hurry. In theology, we call that theodicy, and it wrestles with the question of why there is evil if God is good. You can call me a coward if you like, but I'm not going to go there today. Where I will go is a little piece of good news 
when you do experience the, the trials and temptations and troubles of this world. It comes from Romans 8, verse 28, and it says this, We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. All things. All things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. That's you, by the way. You are those who love God and are called by him. It might not be easy to see how some things work to our good, but that is God's promise. Now, I am on the verge of some dangerous territory here. It might sound like I am saying that God allows evil in order to do good to us. It's actually more like there is evil in the world that seeks to harm us and steal our hope. But God turns those efforts on their head and leaves us with a blessing. What kind of blessing? God's blessings vary. But his richest and most desirable blessings are those that give us greater faith. Martin Luther observed a pattern in the book of Psalms related to this conflict with enemies. He identified three steps that God uses in our lives to shape and grow us as his people. He identified them as prayer, meditation, and trouble. As God's redeemed children, we do not approach him out of our competence or some great ability that we think that we own. We come to him in our need, praying, teach me, instruct me, show me. So God teaches, instructs, and shows us his love, his will, his forgiveness in Christ through the word. And as we meditate on that word, we begin to live as God teaches, instructs, and shows. That is, we begin to live by faith, trusting God's promises for our salvation. And here is where we find trouble. Because the devil, the world, and our sinful nature, our enemies, cannot tolerate us finding the comfort, hope, and consolation that God gives us in his word. Luther says, This is the touchstone that teaches you not only to know and understand, but also to experience how right, how true, how sweet, how lovely, how mighty, how comforting is God's word. Wisdom above all wisdom. I am not saying that God causes evil to happen because he wants to teach us a lesson. I am saying that it is in difficult times that you are driven back to prayer, which leads you to God's word, which brings you back to trouble. And as that pattern repeats over and over again, we learn that God answers prayer, keeps the promises he speaks in his word, and overcomes our troubles. And dare I say, we learn that everything is going to be okay. In our prayer, we pray for families. If you're married, please pray for your spouse. Uh, we should pray for our parents, for uh, friends. If you have children, pray for your children. And of course, Christ calls us to pray for our enemies. 
Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you for the gift of family. And we ask, Lord, that you would bless families and that the homes that they live in would be places of peace and love and joy. For those who who are alone, who do not have a family that they live with, we pray for peace and comfort and love in their homes too. We ask that that you would bless extended families, that you would bless our, our parents, our brothers and our sisters, our cousins, our aunts and uncles, and that you would help us all to live in in hope and love in Christ. We pray, Lord, that you would fill all of our relationships, whether it's husband and wife or mom and dad or parent and children, with the love and forgiveness that Jesus has won for us. We pray that you would bless our relationship with our, our friends, that those connections would be filled with your grace and with the testimony of the hope that we have in Christ. And we pray, Lord, for our enemies. And we ask that you would turn their hearts to know your love and forgiveness so that they need no longer be enemies, but they may become our brothers and sisters in Christ. We pray these things in Jesus' name and pray as he teaches us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and gave us eternal comfort and good hope through grace, Comfort your hearts and establish them in every good work and word. Thank you for being with me this morning. God bless your day. I I hope it is full of his peace, that is full of, of God's blessings. And I hope that this evening you'll come and join me again for an evening devotion.